make your fall fabulous at Mount Airy Lodge or Pocono Gardens. Do all the things you've wanted to do all summer, all day, all night. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Call 966-7210 for reservations at Pocono Gardens and beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. Hello and welcome to Mountain Comics. I am your host, Rob Kelly, and this is the show where I look back at the comic books I bought while on vacation in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania in the 1970s and 1980s. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Joining me in the cabin this month is my pal, Henry Bernstein. Hi, Henry. Hello there. Comics are great. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Thank you so much for coming on this show. This is, uh, you are four fifths of your way to a Robbie at this point. Well, let's see. Uh, Pod Dylan. Pod Dylan. Treasury cast. Yeah. For all mankind. Okay. And now Mountain Comics. You no, need one more. What a, a Superman movie minute. Well, that's, I, I, <laughs> you only don't my solo I shows. I only okay. my solo shows this weekend, <laughs> but, but I will tell everybody we're, you know, but you're looking at the show notes. You know what we're going to be talking about. This episode of Mountain Comics is kind of half a film and water episode because in the back end of the show, we are going to be doing a lot of talk on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny because this book, Raiders of the Lost Ark number three, has been on my Mountain Comics to-do list for many seasons. And we just haven't gotten around to it. And then just pure serendipity that we're covering it this year, right when... There is the final Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. coming out. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. So uh, I decided this is just too good to pass up. So we're going to talk about the comic, and then we're going to talk about Indiana Jones and the Devil Destiny and the Indiana Jones franchise in general. So I will warn you, when we get to that part of the show, if you have not seen Dial of Destiny, don't listen, because we're going to be spoiling it, because there's no <laughs> way to talk about that movie without... Or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or Last Crusade, or Temple of Doom, or Raiders. Who who listening to this has not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's It's all on the table. It's all. It's absolutely (laughs) young Indiana Jones. You know, mystery of the blues. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. But before we get to all that, I do want to ask you, Henry. Like, do you have anything like Mountain Comics in your background? Was there was there a vacation spot that you and your family went to where like comics were? You could get comics there. Was that, is this anything in your past? Like what I have? No. And and I think one of the reasons I really enjoy this, this podcast is because I think that's such like a sweet thing that like seasonally, that was your time to get comics that were 12 issues apart in this very special <laughs> time and place. I love that. Right? Uh, I mean, no, I went, you know, I went to camp every summer. So like I would, my parents would mail me. Yeah. I went to, my first year of overnight camp was the year was the summer after Superman died. So like I had people sending me return the return of Superman stuff, <laughs> reign of the Superman stuff uh, up at camp. So no, I, I never, I mean, comics, I would find them at, you know, Walgreens or on the newsstand. Um, I didn't know from comic book stores until I was, you know, 16, 15, 14, 15, 16. So no, I did not have a special place where I got comics every every year as a child. <laughs> I, I mean, I do realize that as time goes on, more and more of the people that I have on the show are not going to have that experience because right. I'm a certain age. And there's a certain point where, as you were just talked about, comics were, yeah, you could get them at Walgreens. You could get them at newsstands. But that was that was going away. Right. And eventually it'll just be comic store you know you're just getting them in comic stores and probably most people when they go to vacation destinations there's not a comic store there Mm -mm. you know for the most part 
Um, but actually, your mentioning of like when that was in your childhood when you were getting sent comics, it kind of leads perfectly into what we're going to be talking about because, and I'm, I, we talked about this on, um, I think I think it was season two where I did For Your Eyes Only, number mm. two, the adaptation of uh, the James Bond movie was movie adaptations kind of went away right around the time i think when you were getting into comics like the last big one i can remember was when they did batman returns yeah i was gonna say they they would do the bad they would you know for the big ones dc they did batman forever and batman Batman forever and batman and robin yeah but like no like jerry ordway and jose jose luis garcia lopez praise be his name name. uh doing the batman and batman returns uh, I think Denny O'Neill might have written it. Yes, uh, he did. Wrote, yeah. wrote Batman, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was like sort of the the last the last great uh, comic adaptation, I think, of a of a of a major film. Right. Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah. and you, they stopped doing it because obviously home video had come in. I mean, this is 1981 when Raiders of the Lost Ark, the comic, came out. Same year as the movie. It's just before VHS. Right. Where it's happening. And, and just as cable is making its inroads. And so the whole yeah. notion of having a physical, you know, uh, uh, artifact to use an Indiana Jones word, <laughs> um, you know, of a, of a movie was just kind of a lost art. And so this, you know, this came out the same, uh, year actually as for your eyes only. It was a big summer for, for young, young Bob. Um, it's as crazy I was, that as I was 81 was a huge summer because 82 obviously is like the greatest sci-fi 80, summer of all time. You know? There's a whole documentary about <laughs> right, it now. Right, um, but, right. but yeah, 81 was, was huge for me to have Raiders and, uh, for your eyes only. And again, I bought both comics and it's kind of funny because the Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation ran as an issue of Marvel Super Special in one book, you know, the magazine, oh. it ran as one thing. And then it was, uh, at the same time, it was released in this three-issue miniseries. And I found the first issue at my newsstands at home. I remember the cover. The big so you magenta, hadn't left yet. Big No, no. This was in, yeah. like, uh, June. So the big magenta tote is on the cover. And I was like, oh, my God, an Indiana Jones comic book. This is so exciting. Wait, and, had the movie already come, come out at I, that point? Yes, I believe. I think so. I don't know. Maybe my memory, I could look up the dates, but I'm not exactly sure. But I remember seeing it on the newsstand being very excited because I knew what it was. So I must have seen the movie by that point. And then I couldn't find number two. Like they just number two never showed up at my seven <laughs> elevens. And then we go, we go to the Poconos for in August of 1981 and I find this. And so I'm like, well, all right, I've seen the movie. So I could just pick up the story. Uh, where, you know, I know, I know the story. I know what's going on and on the comic list, but it was so frustrating for years. I didn't have number two. <laughs> did you ever get number two? Or I did like... eventually got it at a comic store, but I mean, yeah. it was like for years. I was like, I can't, fo- why, why was number two like kind of a, it just disappeared? Um, but yeah, but this, so this, uh, this comic came out, um, August 18th, 1981, which would have been two days after I turned 10 years old, mm. 10 years old, the perfect age to see Rares of the Lost Ark. I still remember. My father taking me and my sister to see it. It was a transformative experience. Uh, at the time of this recording, I will be taking my dad to see Dial of Destiny. Great. Uh, actually, actually, the day everyone's listening to this will be the day we're going to to see. It, so that'll be nice to take him. Yeah, I'm uh, taking to, my father-in-law uh, next week. To that's see fantastic. It. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. So, um, so you've read this comic, and you know, look, everybody, I'm not going to do a plot synopsis because you know the plot. Of Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to talk a little bit about the art and certainly the changes that were made to the yeah. story. There's one big 
change actually mm-hmm. here in the comic. But I will tell everybody, and you'll see some of the pages on our website, finewaterpodcast.com and the gallery post. The story picks up with Marion being dumped into the well of souls. That's the, that's that, that's the part where this thing picks up. And that's one hour and 15 minutes into the movie. So writer Walt Simonson, who also drew the cover, paced this pretty well. He found, you know, the, the movie yeah. is in about 40 minute chunks per issue. And right. so we, it's, it's really, really paced pretty, pretty well. Um, before we get into the details of the, the, the comic, what do you think of the, the cover, which I just said is by Walt Simonson? It's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it, it is, I mean, I, you know, you could picture it as Bob Peak poster art. Like mm-hmm. it's that, that, that is a iconic moment of, of the film. And mm-hmm. it's actually incredible that they sort of kind of spoilery, um, that they put, <laughs> you know, uh, Indian and, and Marianne on the post, you know, close your eyes, you know, and, and Belloc, <laughs> um, doing the high priests incantations and yeah. So, and it says the secret reveal. So yeah, great cover. And, <laughs> and what a creative team. I mean, Walt Simonson doing the cover and writing it. Yep. Busima is the penciler. Mm-hmm. Klaus Janssen is the inker. And did you see M Wolfman is the colorist? Does that mean Marv Wolfman? Colored no, that it? would be Michelle Wolfman, Marv's wife. Uh, she was Michelle, the colorist. Marv's wife. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Michelle Wolfman. Oh, uh, but wow. yeah, what a, that is a murderer's row of talent to put on this thing. And we all we'll, during the Jim Shooter era of editor in chief, like it's like a it's like pretty mage, like all that. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that that uh, Busema didn't like doing superheroes, and so you know he loved doing Conan. He would have just done Conan. For the you know every all the mm. live long day, and he did Tarzan for Marvel. Mm. So I'm guessing that anytime something came along, the you know came across the bullpen that was not a superhero, Buscema mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, I'll do that." <laughs> you know, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, this is perfect for him. You know, just like a guy in a in a suit and a hat running around having adventures. Um, I love. Uh, I've always loved Kurt. I always said Jansen, but I guess you're right. It's probably Jansen. I would. I, I don't know. I, um, you know, I, I mispronounce. Busema, or you said Busema. I think I said Busema. I, you know, a lot of these guys, yeah, I, don't, I, don't. I mispronounce their names. I never hear the them. Out, yeah. So I, we'll, we'll I, go at a Comic Con, I once asked Bob McLeod how to pronounce his name because, like, since I was a kid, I was calling him, you know, Macleoid. Oh, right. <laughs> and he's like, McLeod. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, I've always loved Kurt Jansen, Claus Jansen. I always mm-hmm. loved him as a fan, and, but I love him as an inker. I just think he, <laughs> oh. I, Anybody I've seen him make, I just think he brings such a kind of like great, solid grittiness yeah. to it that it's a. I love his stuff on. But Busema. he also I think this is great. He also reigns in super gritty. So like, think about him with Frank Miller. Like mm-hmm. without Frank, without Klaus Janssen, Frank Miller is just out of control. Yes, you know yep. all his later stuff is just you know the the, yep. the Dark Knight. The sub- multiple sequels to The Dark Knight Returns is just Ugh. he's out of control. And Klaus is there for some of it, but like, yeah. um, it's just he's so good at he's such a pro. He's he's yeah, I, I agree. He's he's terrific. Absolutely love it. Uh, and it's perfect. It's perfect for Raiders of the Lost Ark because Raiders of the Lost Ark is a dirty, gritty movie. I mean, it's beautiful right. thanks to the cinematography of Douglas Slocum and Spielberg, but it 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 it's a tangible physical tactile movie 
And it, I think Jansen, again, I think is, is perfect for that. And so, um, I'm just going to go through very briefly just some of the fairly large differences that we get, because obviously with only like 21 pages in space, they've got to edit pretty judiciously. And mm. so, you know, we see in, you know, Marion falls into the thing. Indy rescues her. He grabs the thing and knocks it through the wall. The whole sequence of Marion with the skeletons gone. Yeah. That's all they skip yeah, the they, jump scare. Yeah. They skip the jump scare. They don't have, they don't have time for that. They then get to, um, the, they get to the, the plane where the arc is being loaded onto and they have that big guy. They're, I don't even know. I don't even know if that, what that character's name is, but the giant Nazi. The, the toy was called German Mechanic. German, mecha- <laughs> German <laughs> Mechanic. The Ketter toy is German Mechanic. Hard to believe that toy line didn't take off. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. but, uh, and, and so instead of a giant fight with Indy, which of course is one of, the, I think one of the highlights of the, of course, the movie the, with the propeller moment. I oh mean, my God. The propeller. The but also just when he, when the guy punches Indy and he just, falls on his ass because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know harrison ford's tough but uh this guy's twice as nice so there's none of that in fact marion grabs one of like the airplane airplane uh like kind of chocks and hits him over the head with it and knocks him out so that's that they cut you know they Lame. Cut that, yeah they cut that part out um the whole sequence of indy and the and the truck where he's on the grill and then he goes under and he's on, you know, he's literally he's riding shotgun and fighting with the driver. Yeah, all yeah. that's gone. All God. that is gone. I mean, again, they're just, they're, they have to just barrel through this and they, they get right to, he just gets in the side, pushes the other car off the thing. Then he drives and it hides the, um, hides the truck and he gets chased by Tote. Tote actually fires at Indy in that sequence in the comic, which he does not do in the movie, no. which I, which I actually thought was a very, that's a very untote like thing because in the movie you get the sense that tote doesn't really give a crap about any of this. He's just doing his job. Yeah. So like, I and don't he does, think like, he doesn't talk. get his hands dirty. You know, he's creepy. And like he, you know, of course, obviously the, you know, the stick that turns into the, the coat hanger, like that yep. misdirect, like he never <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also his car goes off a cliff. He never gets his face melted. No. Right. Yeah. Totes out of the story at that point. Um, so then they get on the sub and here, her and, um, Marion and Indy have a brief little, there's no, again, there's none of the humor. There's none of the, you know, any of that stuff. But then when the Nazi sub arrives, there is a big moment that does not exist in the movie. And that is the sequence where, of course, if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, you don't think about it, but you do wonder, okay, Indy jumps off the boat. And somehow he makes it onto the sub, uh, you know, there's, and there's the triumphant music plays. Cause you got the Katanga's guy says, you know, I can't find him. Look again. I found him yeah. where there, there. And there he is. And Raiders the music March. plays yeah. and the major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then just all of a sudden they're in the little secret Nazi stormhold. And you're kind of like, wait, you know, you don't, again, I've seen the movie a thousand times. You never I've never about thought it. about it. Never I've thought never. about it, but it's a scene that apparently they shot. And took out Spielberg took so it did the the footage as far as I understand does exist which I would mm-hmm. love to see hard to believe with all the wait I I don't because like I remember the the D, the DVD set that came out around the time of the before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when they mm. remastered I don't remember that from it because it had deleted scenes and behind I, the scenes I, maybe I'm wrong but I had yeah. always heard that they that they did wow. shoot this but maybe it's maybe I'm wrong maybe it's you mean they shot the sequence of 
of of Indiana Jones almost dying, like yeah. holding his breath, basically. And... Right. What he does is, of course, the sub is going to submerge, and he climbs to the very top and uses his whip to strap himself to the periscope, and that keeps him, of course, because the periscope has to stay above uh, the the water line. And that's what keeps him alive. And there's even a moment where he's like, is that a shark fin I see? Which I feel <laughs> yeah. like, is, is that like a little Jaws? And then he passes out. <laughs> Spielberg, and then he passes out. And so I remember when you got to that point in the comic, where you like, wait, what is this? Because I remember being a kid and getting to that point and going, that's not it. And like, it just felt like such a great bonus feature to have a scene yeah. that wasn't in the movie. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like stupid dialogue of a panel that, it was like this cool action adventure scene that you could totally see Harrison Ford pulling off. Oh yeah. And it would have been great for the movie. Yeah. It was like, and you would get that, you know, you get that in those adaptations. Actually, I remember, I can't remember which one it is. You know, it's sort of like in, um, did you ever read any of the Star Trek movie books? Oh you know, yeah. Movie editor. So those had tons of stuff that was cut from the film. And it was like getting a, it was kind of like this. It gave me that same feeling, like it's sort of an extended version. Yeah. It was, it said, as I can remember being 10 years old and just being delighted at like, because mm. I loved Raiders so much that I, I just was like, Oh, this is kind of like the extended world of Raiders kind of. I didn't use that language, but it just felt like, okay, I'm getting extra stuff. And that's cool. Cause I love this world and I want to like, I, you know, I want to immerse myself in it. Um, and so, you know, they get to the island, of course, the scene where, uh, Indy pulls the bazooka and is ready to blow up the ark actually happened. They move it to later in the story right. where at this point, Belloc has already got all the ropes. The garbon. Yeah. He's got the garb, but he's ready to do the procedure. And then they, they do the, you know, you want to see this as much as I do, yada, yada, yada. And then there's a funny bit where they strap Marion and Indy to the post and Indy's like, don't look at it. And then he's like, don't look, Marion. And she goes, she I must. Good. It's beautiful. And he goes, do as I say, Marion. Do as I say, Marion. <laughs> you guys could hear Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'm that's so glad they like, cut that That didn't out. happen. Marion didn't yeah. argue with him. She just closed her damn eyes. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not in the movie. I love yeah. that Marion just goes along with it. I mean, she, she, she obviously it's painful to do because she's like, Indy, but I mean, I hate that she's like literally arguing. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing when she's like, Indy, like the, their acting is so good and the special effects are so good in that scene where you feel like it's, it is painful. Whatever's happening, right? God's Shekhinah, God's presence is engulfing everything. And, and they know, and Indy knows, Indy has read the Torah. He's read the Bible. He knows not to look at the face of God. Um, because he, you know, he has, he knows that in Leviticus, the high priest's sons, Aaron, Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, they give a strange fire. All it says is they, they give a strange fire to God. Basically, God didn't ask for it. And God um, basically consumes them is the way it's translated. And I think that's what Spielberg was going for in the way that, like, everyone dies in that, that, that God's presence um, goes inside of them and basically <laughs> melts them or explodes them from the inside out. And so Indy knows that because he's so well versed in everything, including the Bible, that he knows to close his eyes and not look at the face of God. He knows that only Moses has seen the face of God, so to speak. There you go. So yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Um, and then so 
when uh, Belloc opens the Ark, uh, John Buscema decides to convey that using Zipatone, and <laughs> they colored it magenta. And yeah. it's kind of a nice effect. You know, I mean, I do miss that they don't turn like they really don't become spirits that then turn into the right. skeletons, which right. to me, when I watch that moment, you know, where it goes from the angelic face to the dead face yeah. and the music changes, that to me is still straight up one of the scariest things in a movie i've ever it's seen horrifying you know when toad's face melts that i mean that oh. gave me no- nightmares forever i can't to this day i like hold my hand up a little bit <laughs> on the screen. i have to watch it a little bit you know because it's like a nazi melting but yeah it's good that's um, a good that's a all to the good <laughs> I, I actually i think like this more just because you know if i'm going to be a stickler for uh you know biblical accuracy i like that it's one thing god's presence and not mm. like a bunch of angels oh i see um, okay. okay but it it would stand to reason that god would st- would send a bunch of angels of death to to that you know that version of god the character of god would send angels of death to kill a bunch of nazis mm-hmm. <laughs> who were mm-hmm. who were messing with uh Aaron, Aaron the high priest stuff um but i like it it reminded me of kirby you know how he would do kind of mixed media stuff yeah um yeah. sometimes so I, it felt very marvel to have that that effect there yeah it's a nice effect and so as you as we said like uh, the 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 uh, nazi colonel and tote are not here for this final scene. So it's just tote and he gets possessed and all the stuff comes out of his eyes and it shoots and it attacks all the Nazis and turns. And then they guess they kind of turn to sand. Like it all Mm -hmm. just blows over and they turn to sand, which is again, not in the movie in the movie. The the floor is littered with Nazi corpses, which again, happy ending, you know? Yeah. Um, And so then the R comes down and then we get a smash cut back to, America and he's talking to the two government guys and you know we were gonna squirrel away and then the final page but it's it's not porkin slash grissom no, no it's not <laughs> no uh and so and then you know it ends with just a very brief panel of Indy and Marion and then then we get the final shot of the thing being carted into yeah. the into the giant uh, giant warehouse and there's some there's some unnecessary uh captions but it's a comic book. I think they feel like they needed to they do that. To. They talk about, you know, the, the dusty silence, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, whatever. But Indy's I, not very nice to Marion here. They don't no. have the same talk that they do in the movie. In the movie, she's like, let's go get a drink, you know, and he, they leave arm in arm. Here he's like, he's like, you know, well, it's, it's not the arc, but it'll do. Hanging out with you, I guess, is not as good as the arc. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I know that often, when they would do comic book adaptations, they're working from a script. They're not working from the finished film because mm. they got to work too far ahead. I I don't know. I've never read. Forgive me for not doing my necessarily due diligence research. There must be probably an article out there with Walt Simonson talking about this because this is a pretty big ticket adaptation. Yeah. But I would love to know. Was that in the script with those lines of dialogue in this guy, or did he make that up himself? Because mm. it just it doesn't feel like. That's the way the movie would end with him being so kind of pissy towards Mary. Yeah, you know. know. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, she is kind of like she is kind of annoying sometimes, but he's also, you know, like they're they're perfect for each other because they're so annoying to each other at different times. It's it's charming, you know. The, the scene <laughs> they, with the scene with them at the end in the movie where they're on the steps and she does the little physical business where she tries to walk past him and then he walks back up and she overshoots and then goes back. And then, you know, he's like, they don't know what they've got in there. And she's like, well, I know what I've got here. 
that there's a reason why that scene was in, as you well know, Henry, that scene was in the wedding movie that right. my, that Kelly and I made to show people when we got married. Cause that is one of my all time favorite ending scenes That's in a movie. Sweet. They're so beautiful. Both of them, like they are at their peak of their physical attractiveness. Yeah. And I love their forties outfits, you yeah. know, like I always love that time period. And it's, so to me, I'm like, did the movie really end any other way other than that scene? And I, I, if it did, man, I'm glad that they went with the one that they went with because the movie's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, you know, it could have ended in a big kiss and like it just sort of ends in this really, we end with them, obviously, yeah. in this sort of just sweet little like banter, which is yeah, sort of what out. the yep. whole relationship is, is yep. giving each other shit and giving it right back. And, yes, totally. And, 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 but you see so much love there, you yep. know, so. Um, yeah. And then of course the pan out, the great pan out, which has got to be like the greatest mo- ending of a movie of all time. One like, of the, the great endings five, of all right? time. Like, yeah. One I of mean, the great endings of, of all time. It's th- just no this, doubt. This was a good comic. They're adapting a almost perfect movie. There is, and the parts in which the, the stuff in which, um, the ways in which, um, Raiders of the Last Ark aren't completely perfect, which are very few are um rescued by its vibe and its charm it's why it's why it's the same reason why star wars has all this weird stuff in it but it's so it's almost a perfect film too because it's 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 charm and it's vibe like this i I can't even think off the top of my head what what it'd be like something wrong with raiders but you know it's hard to say a perfect movie but like it really is I wouldn't know what to change. I, I was thinking about that. I was I actually just watched it again Me too. before, before this record. Yeah. And I honestly don't, I don't know what I would change about. I don't, I can't think of a scene, a performance, a music cue that I would say, Oh, that they could have done a little bit. I don't know what that would be. I mean, yeah. Are there greater films than Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Of course. There are films that go not for many. <laughs> there are not many, but there, I mean, there are films that are greater, you know, social you know, achievements, you know, and things like that. But I do think Raiders is straight up like a perfect film. I don't, I don't know what I would change to make it quote unquote better. You know, I just don't. And so, uh, it just, I, every time I, it's, it's one of the few movies that I want to live inside. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I want to live in that world. I just yeah. want, and I, that's how I felt when I was 10. And that's why I love this comics even though it's obviously it's a rickety contraption because it is so abbreviated you know Mm -hmm. but i not having access to you know anything any way to preserve the film other than just in my memory that's why this was an absolute 50 cent purchase you know because i I bought this over stories featuring superheroes where i didn't know the story Mm -hmm. but i was gonna buy this because it was like, I want to live in the Raiders world. I want to like help Indy and hang out with Marion. Right. And like kick ass and just be cool. And like it just everything about it. And every time I watch the movie, I just like, yeah, I just want to, I just want to disappear. I want to purple rose of Cairo it. You know, I just want to mm-hmm. step into the screen, although that's the reverse of that movie. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> I just realized that's, that's a, coming out of the movie, not going into the movie, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it is that it, I can't even say that about like Jaws or Star Wars. I love Jaws and Star Wars, but I don't want to live in the Jaws no, world or the Star Wars world. But the Raiders one, yeah, I yeah. you know, <laughs> and so that's why this comic, partly because it's a Mount comic, but it's still so beloved to you because it's like it it helped 
keep my love of indie that flame burning on uh, that way i had a physical object until maybe it came on vhs or i saw temple of doom finally i forget right. i got the video game you know i played that till my eyes bled you know i mean it was that kind of thing and what so, system was that nintendo or uh, activision Oh, the greatest the Lost Ark Activision game. It was not a great game. It was all the eight bit. Yeah, but I played it. I play. You had to like you hit the snakes and all this stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So you, I mean, you're coming at it completely kind of cold, as you said. As a comic, it's pretty good. Like, I mean, you said, like it was enjoyable. Do you think it would work as a comic? I guess it would really only works if you know the story. It wouldn't work as a just a comic you handed a kid who had never seen Raiden. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to say because I love Indiana Jones. Like I've read hundreds of indie comics. I've read books. I I love Indiana Jones, like everything Indiana Jones. So, uh, you know, I like the toys, you know, and I even (laughs) like the, the toys as a, as a girl. There's, there's Raiders Indy. There he is. Here's the the idol. Um, (laughs) If there was one movie prop I could own one, it would be the idol. That's so funny. For me, it would be the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to have a lot of room in your house for that. Yeah, but uh, I, no, I, I would. Think have my rabbi idol. wife would be okay with that collection. That's, <laughs> that's, that's being true. added to my collection. That's we got true. The Ark of the Covenant. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. I got. I got. Some, I got something to show you guys when you come over. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. Um. Uh, so yeah, as as it, it was delightful. It's a delightful comic. It's. It's sort of and being being primed to what a comic adaptation where like they change a little things and the characters don't look exactly like they do they don't draw them like they do in the in the movie that kind of stuff generally yeah yeah it it was fine it was like yeah it was perfectly enjoyable i'm so happy i got to i wouldn't have read this otherwise probably i don't know i it it wouldn't occurred to me to you know so yeah Yeah, and i don't know you talk about the likenesses like i don't know whether they didn't have likeness rights for harrison ford and karen allen and stuff or bisemma just didn't bother because sometimes yeah. you know, Star Trek, the Star Trek adaptations by Gray Morrow, he was a master at that. And so they right. look like the actors, you know what I mean? But I like feel, yeah, Star Wars feel, don't, you know, I feel like don't. in the 70s and 80s, Marvel drew things in the Marvel house style and yeah. weren't concerned with it's for when it came to adaptations with that, like. You know, you think of Star Wars, number one. Yeah. You know, Darth Vader looks insane. <laughs> so, get the coffee uh, copies floating in the yeah, you know, yeah. coffee cup. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I think, you know, I th- you know, maybe this is DC and Kurt Swan drew it. Maybe it would look a little more like Harrison Ford. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it was perfect, a perfectly enjoyable comic. And, it just extended my summer of indie, you know, so mm-hmm. maybe I got to, you know, sort of live experience what you experienced that summer. I'm I'm having a summer of indie right now and I haven't had it since 2008. And before that, since I, um, I was eight years old. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> one other thing I want to mention about the comic and then we'll talk about the movies is the cover corner symbol. Uh, I loved these. These were my thing when I was a kid. You know, where they would draw these original little cover yeah. corner symbols because that was, of course, meant for newsstand distribution because as the books would be stacked, you would have just enough space. And if you didn't see the logo, you could see, oh, Spider-Man or whatever. Right. And I knew that Indiana Jones was not part of the Marvel Universe. But by giving him a little cover corner symbol, which they also did on For Your Eyes Only, there's a James Bond one as well, it 
drew them into the Marvel universe in a way that I just like, I couldn't explain it on a tangible level. I couldn't, you know, mm. like intellectual level. I couldn't tell you why it was cool, but it was cool. Like it was yeah. like, Oh, there's, you know, here's a Hulk. Here's a Wolverine. Here's Vivian. The vision was the cover corner symbol for the Avengers for many years. And then here's Indiana Jones. Like, awesome. <laughs> you know, it's just super, it's just super, super cool. So yeah, it's, there are weird mishmash of things but i i just like all the mountain comics i just love them stupid because they're just they make me think of such a wonderful time i saw a cool a funny thing on twitter not a funny thing like a cool thing someone an artist a comic artist or someone or just like one of those great like artists who post their stuff on twitter um painted a um indie with the rocketeer and someone said oh wow how awesome would that be if cap was there with them and then the artist (laughs) responded with the image that they painted of rocketeer cap and indy in the middle oh my like, god <laughs> like Nazis or something that's like you know so like that perfectly fits in like you could totally see indy fitting right into the marvel universe in the 40s you know uh traversing atlantis and running into namor or something <laughs> you know <laughs> it'd be so. amazing uh yeah so okay let's talk about dial of destiny and again okay. as i mentioned everybody if you haven't seen the movie pause this go see the movie and then come back to it because we're going to be spoiling it so i we'll talk about the whole series we'll talk about anything we want to talk about henry but like quick impressions of dial of destiny it was absolutely delightful i think the snobs at can must have seen a different movie wrong wrong audience to debut that movie it was it was wonderful it was just delightful it was it was the fourth best indiana jones movie agreed Uh, um but there were things in it that were just so delightful and being with him again and being just like made me feel good. It's like being with like, it's like, it makes me feel like being with like my, you know, pretend dad, you know, like it's just like a cool uncle. Like he's, he's my Indiana Jones. He's mine. He's been with me since I was a little boy. Um, the last crusade was the first indie film I saw in the, in the theater, but like we had, of course, Raiders and Temple of Doom on, on VHS. And I watched them over and over and over and over again. And so just being an adult sitting next to my wife, watching it in a, (laughs) in a small theater in Tel Aviv. Um, here's a funny thing. The, the first scene, you know, a lot of it's in German with mm-hmm. English subtitles. Well, mm-hmm. we saw it in Israel. So it was Hebrew subtitles. I was about to so, ask, how does that work? Yeah. So, so my wife who speaks German and, um, I, I, I know Hebrew fine, but like seeing them in, in subtitles quickly across the screen, like I can't, I need like some time to translate them in my head. So she's like whispering to me what the Nazis are saying because she understands the German faster than either of us can translate <laughs> the Hebrew on the screen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a, like, like I said, it was a delight. It, it was a great send off to a wonderful man, both fictional and real. I agree. It's the fourth best. I I don't think it can, as much as I have trouble with Temple of Doom, I don't think this film is as good as Temple of Doom. It's certainly not as good as Last Crusade. And to me, there's very few films as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is better than Crystal Skull. That's not saying a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, I will say I did rewatch Crystal Skull before Dial of Destiny. It's yeah. not as bad as I remember it. It's not that bad. The last scene is dumb the alien thing like the climax with the alien thing is stupid 
the rest of it has all delightful indie stuff in it. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, I agree, but I do feel like Spielberg's heart's not in it, and mm. I so that means I'm glad that he stepped aside for this on one. To when I, when I heard that, when I heard that he was not, I really was like, oh my god, how can they do it without Spielberg? And then rewatching Crystal Skull, I went, no, he, he his heart's not in it anymore. Interesting, and, and, you know, uh, I I think the action, even the beginning, I think the action set pieces in Crystal Skull are are just low energy, and I think that's that's Spielberg. Uh, you yeah, mean you, know? you think the? Are you seriously the I, the the refrigerator? That was brilliant. That, I love that. But like, okay, all right. I mean, we don't want to go into the whole thing of the crystal skull. But like, okay, the opening scene, right, of the guys in the in the the army caravan, and you've got the hot rodders, right? And that's you know totally a Lucas thing because he's a hot rodder. We all know American Graffiti and just right. talked. About, I just talked about right. that with Tom Penneries. We know all that, right? But think about that scene, right? They they come along, the kids come along, and they 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 run up alongside the army guy, and they're honking the horn, and they're woo, and the the and the one army guy, you know, gets involved, you know, is like, right. kinda, and then what happens? Nothing. Not there's no payoff. To, it's like it's all the, uh, uh, and then they just drive off in separate directions. You're like, guess, okay, what fine. Was, what was the <laughs> what was the bill like? What you know? And I, I guess feel like, you're right. I feel like the whole movie is that where it's like, oh, it's big. Oh, oh, these, and then, you know, the, the CGI ants and then the, and look, it's easy to dump on Shia LaBeouf as mutt and yada, yada, yada. I thought it made sense to, that he's like a greaser. Like that made sense. I, I just, and it's not their fault because he was a hot thing in 2000. Right. Right. It, you know, it's not their fault that he right. went a little crazy and, you look back on it now and you're like, Oh my God, you know, like, what are right. you talking about? Um, I just think, I just think you could see that Spielberg's heart is just not in it. And so I'm glad that he, instead of kiboshing it said, Oh no, I'll hand it off to somebody else that wants to end this. So mm-hmm. great. That's great. Um, anyway, with dial of destiny, uh, I think it's too long. I don't yeah. think any, I don't think any, any Indiana Jones movie needs to be like two twenty. That's two hours, long. two hours, two hours, is good time. amount. Yeah. I think there's a whole action set piece that could have just been cut to get it down. Which one? I the think train? The, the, the tut-tut scene. Yeah. I yeah, think it goes on was, way too it's long. It's too long. It's too way, long. Way, way too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, and again, I'm going to be, well, I'll talk about this in a second. So um, I think the, most of the movie to me, I thought was fairly okay. Just okay. Not bad, but not great. And then I don't know how you feel about movies. About whether like oh let me, all right let me ask you now if a movie if a if a really great movie that you're enjoying has an awful ending right like the last five minutes where it wraps it all up is terrible does that ruin it for you or can you just say well the ending's not great but the ninety two percent of it is awesome or does does the movie have to land successfully for you to feel like it's a great movie I'm trying to think of an example of that and like how it made me feel like well Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is kind of like that okay. I, I was enjoying most of it. I remember sitting in the theater. Like I was like, it's an Indiana Jones movie and I'm a grown up now. You know, like this is cool. <laughs> and then I was like, aliens, uh, you know, like, cause the cool thing about Indiana Jones is that he's always after something that is rooted in real historical fact. Like mm. he's looking for a thing that is real in, mm-hmm. um, you know, even Temple of Doom, like he's talking about Shiva and, you know, like right. these are, 
Um, and, and just ending it in aliens is just like, kind of like Spielberg, you already did your alien movie, which was a great movie too. Like, you know, whatever. So it, 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 like your fascination with aliens, like don't leave it out of Indiana Jones. So I think that kind of, I, I think, I think if something's good enough, I can get past a bad, well, I mean, what's an example of a movie that you think has, is like a great, a good movie and then is a terrible ending. I, you know what? I can't even think of one now that I'm, I posited this question, but the reason, the reason I brought it up is because I thought most of Dial of Destiny was, was perfectly fine. I wasn't terribly stirred by it until, <laughs> until the moment that I think on paper, it should not work, which is, Indiana Jones travels through time. I think on paper, you go, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Right. And I could see the temptation to not do that because it is, that is pushing this as far as it's going to go. But when they went through the, the, the time fisher, right? That is when, and I know it sounds like I'm really kind of damning the movie because it's the last like five minutes or 10 minutes, really. But it, that to me was really when the movie came alive was when they went back in time. Cause I was like, are they really going to do this? And then they did it. And I'm like, and then I really felt like my heart go. Duh, 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 Cause I was like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. Like I, we're in totally new territory here. And you know, the, the, the uh, metal uh, harpoons, you know, being shunking into the plane, like all of that. I was like, Oh my God. I, and I'm like, this shouldn't work. Right. And yet it's working on me. It's James like, this Mangold. Totally like, working on me. Yeah. Um, I love that. Uh, I, I really love that they don't give, um, Schmidt or whatever what the hell the character's name is played by, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. I love that they don't even give him like a glorious death. Like his plane just crashes. Yeah. And then when we <laughs> see him again, he's just like a roasted Nazi, which is fantastic. And like, yeah, screw right. him. You know, he's just skinned alive, whatever. But that whole, sequence i was like oh my god i wish the whole movie had made me feel like this Mm -hmm. because it's so and then and then i'm really like is indy really gonna stay i'm like that's kind of a cool idea but i don't want him to do that because that because like he's sad i don't want you know he needs a happy ending yeah yeah and then of course you know uh what's her i'm blanking on her name Helena Shaw. Shaw. Hel- Helena, yeah, punches him and then bang, we're back. That was okay. great. <laughs> right. And so the thing is, and this is why I think the movie is going to work a lot better for me when I see it a second time, is when the movie opens, right? And we learn that Marion has, has filed divorce papers. I got this awful sinking feeling in my gut of like, are they really going to do that? Like, are they going to break these two up? Like, is that really where, is that what James Mangold thinks the audience wants is like sad, broken indie? I don't want that. And so when I had this massive anxiety mm-hmm. through the whole movie that they mm-hmm. were going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I did have it spoiled for me on Twitter. Thank you, Twitter, that Karen Allen was in the movie. I did. Yeah. And then you spoiled it for me by, by that comment. I did. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why did I do that? Wait, what did you I tweeted, do? You tweeted, and I agree with you, but you tweeted like, sorry, whoever. Oh, I did that. do like, that. Like, oh, don't I you apologize. dare be smirch the name oh, of the great Karen right. Allen. And I was like, oh, so she is in it. I'm okay. sorry. Well, I, I was like even... happy she was in it, but I was like, <laughs> I apologize. You jumped I the gun there. Have, I should not have done that. 
but uh, I couldn't stand the idea that someone was besmirching Karen Allen. Like, I'm just I like, I'm not tolerating yeah. this. Yeah. But but so I had this anxiety through the whole movie that they were oh, going to no. like just and and when so when I see it a second time, I won't have that. I'll know. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, this is going to work out, and mm-hmm. I'll can probably just enjoy the adventure as it is. And then the other the other thing, the, the conclusion I came to was, of course, after that he goes back in time. Marion is there, and they get back together. Like. There are only a handful of movie characters as I get older, right? Um, I used to see movies, you know, big tentpole movies the night they came out when I was mm-hmm. younger, because it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of what you care about. But you get older and you have more things to worry about and you just don't do that as much. You know what I, I mean? I still like, do it with superhero movies. That's great. That's awesome. If you have that enthusiasm, I yeah. don't, you know what I mean? I've just yeah. lost my, yeah. but for Indiana Jones, I'm like, I got to see it opening weekend. Yeah, I do not want this conversation Same. going on where I don't know about it. So there, are, so there's only a handful of movie characters that I care enough about that they 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 tap something in me that I I know, of course, they're fiction, but I care about them to the point that I want them to achieve a, a, a satisfying resolution. And mm-hmm. I think they botched it mostly with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. For the sure most part, I think they yep. botched Han. They botched Leah, but they that wasn't really their fault because of circumstances. I think they handled Luke very effectively, but they I think ultimately those sequel films are I would argue mostly they blew it a failure. I yeah, would say they, in terms they of what it. they were trying to do. The other ones I can think of are um, Jesse and Celine from the Before series. Before mm-hmm. Sunrise is my favorite film of all mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and we talked about that off- offline. Yeah. Yes, when they loved. did the third film, they put those characters through the ringer. And while I can appreciate the art of it, I left that film deeply upset. It was upsetting. Yeah, it was because I love these two, and right. watching Richard Linkletter put them through hell. Right. Made me kind of be like, I don't want to fucking see this. Right. It's not what I want to see. I understand you're making art and it's not there to please me. I get all that. But at the same time, I, I, I saw that movie in the theater and I've never seen it again. Cause I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want to sit through it again. Cause it's, it's yeah. just not what I want. Indiana Jones was like, I think in a lot of ways, the last, the last example of that, because with Batman, there's been 17 Batmans, you know what I mean? Or James Bond. I don't care about any of them because there's, 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 well, there's multiple versions. You know what I mean? Like, there's not one through line where it's the Michael Keaton still playing Batwell. I guess he still right. is, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like with James Bond, I'm not, I don't have an emotional investment in James Bond. There is something special about Indiana Jones, specifically with Harrison Ford. Like, mm-hmm. it is, it, it, uh, there it, it's just there he is the last great american hero who's also an intellectual and hates fascism and yay indy is both a ladies man but also pretty good in relationships so when he needs to be when he finds his love you know like it's just he there is no one they they really nailed it when they created this character yep. and He's one that's that stays with you forever. Yep. So yeah, I, I yeah, I, I know. I also wanted wanted want him, you know, nothing but the best for him. They took me on a ride. I, I knew once I saw the the divorce papers on the fridge or whatever it was. I was like, there's going to be a good reason for this. And I thought actually that was a really effective use of history by having 
might die in yeah. in Vietnam. Like having a child die in Vietnam was a real thing that people yep. were going through in 1969. So yep. to see that happen to Indiana Jones just made him even more grounded as a real human character, which is to your earlier point about this is a world that feels real that maybe you want to live in, but whereas star Wars is a galaxy far, far away yeah. a long time ago, yeah. right? Like this is a, so, you know, I, I thought that was really moving and I actually really loved that about the film and sort of figured it would lead them back to each other eventually. So. I, I, I should have realized that, but I just, I just, as I watched it, I just got like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I will say that when he's back in his apartment and he wakes up and Helen, Helen is there and then Marion comes in. I no joke, my eyes started to mist up a little. And I don't cry at movies. I just don't. I, this is generally not my reaction. I don't get that involved in it. But I seeing them together and yeah. knowing it was the last time I'm ever going to. And I was like, okay, I think 90% of this movie is okay at best. But the end, the end action scene and the end scene with Indy is so good that I still love it because it puts it, it leaves Andy in a place I want him to be. Right. That is ultimately all I cared about was the, really, which is maybe not the best way to judge a movie, but I, that I couldn't help it. I was like, I don't, I'm attached to this character so profoundly yeah. that I want him happy. I want him to live out the rest of his life with Marion. Presumably now he's going to be with, with Helena and their babies and still have adventures. I even thought that final well, shot was indicating that. Yeah. The final shot. I mean, that's even all you, everything you said about being together with Marion and living happy ever. And the cherry on top is <laughs> he may have some in- adventures left in him. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, and then we can imagine. It's not like, I don't think yeah. any of us will sit here and be like, when's Indiana Jones six coming no, out? You know, it's, but yeah. it's done. the idea of it because someone might write a book where Marion and him go on an adventure in their eighties and it, you know, like, cause there's a market for that. So, um, I thought I, I agree with you about the ending. It was, uh, you know, I, I was sort of, you know, one of the things that's so great about Spielberg movies, is the practical effects. And obviously later he certainly has gotten into CGI like everyone else. And I think one of the things, like you said about kingdom, of the crystal skull that kind of is met is that there's a bunch of C- like bad CGI in yeah. it. And part of that is the time, but like what Spielberg and Lucas went through to figure out totes melting head thing. Like, there's such good behind the scenes discussion about that. Oh. They could have figured out aliens merging that wasn't CGI yep. or ants yep. crawling. So, so for this, so for this movie, certainly. So like, I really liked the, even though I thought the train scenes were long, I really, I thought the, of the like sort of uncanny Valley de-aging things that we've seen before, like in rogue one and stuff like that. This was the best one because it actually was Harrison Ford acting. However, his voice, the voice, yeah. You got, you got that too. You caught yeah. that. Too. The minute he His, talked, I'm like, well, that's modern Harrison. That's Ford. old that's Harrison. Not, Ford. Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Yeah, right. So they could have done. I don't know why they didn't notice that and like tweak that a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. turn the pitch up a little. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but, it, so with the exception of that, you know, I I think like part of the like the CGI stuff kind of takes me out of it for a minute but they did it with the exception of that plane scene traveling through time it was like it felt really tactile and real not spielberg it felt james like a james vanigold film mm. but 
Yeah, that was done really, really well. So you're saying that this movie is the inverse of that thing, that it was an yeah. ima- it was an okay movie and then had a fantastic ending. Yes. The opposite yeah. of like a good movie that has a bad ending. I think right. and take, that, I would yeah. Yeah, and that's but and I'm kinda like if I had to pick one of the two, I'll take what I got because it leaves me happy with it's it, I would rather have this than a marvelous indie adventure and then in the last five minutes they kill him off. Because I, I would have left the theater like, huh, yeah, I didn't want to see that, you know, like because that, that's like that's the last thing I saw. But just the idea that he's happy with Mary, and again, I know it's fiction; they're not real, you know. It can be whatever you want it to be, and there's a million other adventures you can. There's the as you mentioned, there's the comic book, and there's the novels, yeah. and if you want Video to bore yourself to tears, there's the Young Indian Jones Chronicles, um, except for that one episode. That one episode. Yeah, that he's in. Um, and have you ever seen that animated short that they did, that some random guy did of Indiana Jones? It's on YouTube. No. Oh, my God. Henry, you've got to see this. It's, you just put in Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones animated, and it's just okay. some guy, and he did like a test of concept thing, and it's like four minutes and it looks like classic hand-drawn animation. And it, it was, he made it about, I think about five, six, seven years ago. And I'm like, just make animated animation. I know there's been a lot of chatter about that. Just that they, they could do a whole series, animated series with Harrison Ford and, and Kirk and Karen Allen. Yeah. And, just, yeah, just get yeah. them to like, okay, he can't do the physical part anymore. I know when his voice is yeah, a little short off. round is around. Yes. Just have them do this. You know, yeah. it's so good, but I get, you know, whatever. Disney but, I mean, plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm like, okay, if this is it, if this is the last thing I ever see of Indiana Jones, I'm leaving satisfied. And he, I honestly can't think of another movie character. There's, if there's any movie characters left that I yeah. still retain some childhood, feeling of like i want them to exit the frame on an up note mm-hmm. i think he was the last one and i was so scared mm. that they were gonna sc- screw it up screw it up or just come up with some you know like oh let's yeah. make it dark or something right that you know well, and they didn't do that and that made me th- that is i mean that's kind of i know part of this was because harrison ford wanted it to be but that's yes. kind of the reason why that feeling happened for you, I think, is because they did that with Han Solo and like that sucked. Like yeah. no one wanted, I know that they needed to have emotional weight to that movie and that Harrison Ford said, fine, I'll do your goddamn Star Wars again, <laughs> but I'm finally killing off this character that I he wanted. He died like to. a punk in that movie. I really he died like a punk and Harrison Ford does not die we are talking about the fugitive we're talking i'm the president of the united states (laughs) we're talking about air force one we're talking like he harrison ford his character you know (laughs) yeah yeah his character regarding henry he survives (laughs) like (laughs) by the way if you're not watching shrinking it's pretty good he's he's good at that he's funny in that yeah Yeah, yeah. he's funny in that um he just he is eternal and he is forever and so you don't want to see that. And like, they, yeah, they got me too. And I was like, no, 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 they're not going to do it. No, 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 no. And then when Helena punches him, I was like, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. It made oh. me feel really good. So and, uh, yeah. Then part of it also, that was such a good moment also because one of the reasons I think that Indiana Jones is such a great um, action adventure hero. And I, I have actually, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think I wrote it on Facebook or Twitter or something that, 
my hot take, and I, I don't think it's so out there, but I think Indiana Jones is the greatest adventure series of all time. And I can't really think what else I would compare it to, but like, it's not pure action stuff like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme, that kind of thing. It's not sci-fi like, or space opera like Star Wars, Star Trek. It's, but so put it in the category of like James Bond, maybe, cause that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to mm-hmm. make an yeah. American James Bond. Right. So, so, so let's say, us. let's say James Bond born stuff. Um, uh, Mission Impossible stuff, that kind of thing. This is the greatest one of all time, and and so you want it to you you want it to feel good. And one of the things that makes Indiana Jones so great as the greatest action adventure star uh, hero of all time is that he gets his ass kicked all yeah. the time. And that starts in Raiders: of The Lost Ark. And one of yep. the cool things about Raiders: of The Lost Ark is he's kind of already like mid for like or early 40s like late 30 he's already been through 10 years of adventures right. you know right. the, the thing with marion that we don't see that happened on screen was 10 years before them so he's already like 42 43 like he's <laughs> been through it so already by last crusade like he's pushing 50 mm-hmm. um so i i just think and like you know he keeps getting his ass kicked all the time but he comes back you know and mm-hmm. so even in this movie they did such a good job with that um, including getting punched at the end to save his life. So I really enjoyed that. Um, other, other things that were like, you know, like I liked the, that instead of snakes, it was eels. That mm-hmm. was funny, but that was a bunch of CGI stuff. So I also didn't love it. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, I thought it was a, a perfectly delightful film. What did you think? We're kind of winding back to the beginning, but what did you think of the opening with the de-aging? Do you feel like that was, you said I it was pretty it, good, but like, do you think it was needed to have that? I know they wanted to kind of give you one more classic indie versus jackbooted Nazis, you know, one last yeah. time. So I can I, understand. I, I think that. it was needed because the problem with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, well, one of the problems is it is that they introduce all these characters that we're just supposed to know were his friends from a yeah. long time ago. And, you know, like, obviously Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark, so it's its own thing with its own characters. But, like, in Last Crusade, we know Marcus Brody and we know yep. Sala already, and we know fucking Nazis. Yep. So <laughs> so that all works. So I think to to do that thing again they had to show stuff in the past otherwise it wouldn't work as well the emotional weight of his friend arnim zola uh <laughs> what's the name of that actor toby <laughs> jones yeah um, <laughs> it was so weird watching him like wait is he a nazi oh wait that's the marvel that's the mcu <laughs> so wasn't he the computer villain he was yeah soldier so um i think you needed to do it and i think they felt they wanted to show young Harrison Ford. It would make people feel good. And it didn't make me feel bad um, in the way that like uncanny Valley grand Moff Tarkin made me feel. Yeah. Yeah. Weird inside. It was just like any of that. The voice threw me off, but yeah, I liked it. And and yes, I liked that they set up the, the villain as young so we could see him later as old. That was all good. And like, the the only I think the times that Indiana Jones hasn't been as good is when they didn't do Nazis as the villain. So 
like Temple of Doom is not quite as good. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Sure, the 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 Russians are a good villain, but we've seen that in other stuff. Like mm-hmm. you need the not they have Nazi vibes, but you you need Indiana Jones punching Nazis. And I liked how this movie was unapologetic about that. They were almost yes. hitting us over the head with that. That like, hey, we as a fran- film franchise believe that punching Nazis is a good and killing Nazis is a good thing for our hero to do, which I thought was great to- for them. <laughs> I am sure that when they finished the fourth film and they were like, maybe we'll do a fifth one, that the idea of having to restate that is not anything that would have occurred to them. Right. We right. need to tell America Nazis are bad, everybody. Right. Remember, remember. We- <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, um, yeah, Keep your so- politics out of my Indiana Jones. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> when Indiana Jones has always been international politics. Mm-hmm, All right. He's mm-hmm. always the, the government, the museums, you know. Um, can I say one, another hot take? Uh, sure. About, of course. About Indiana Jones. This is like overall. So this again isn't a hot take, but while I said earlier that Raiders of the Lost Ark is, um, an almost perfect film. I actually personally prefer Last Crusade in terms of rewatchability, and I'll explain why. This mm-hmm. goes back to that thing where I'm about a decade younger than you. So yeah. Raiders of the Last Ark was like the Lost Ark to me. We 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 taped it on off of uh, off of TV like <laughs> years after it was taped off of after Temple of Doom. So like I'd already mm-hmm. seen Temple of Doom a billion times. And then, so I, I never like was able to see, like I saw it at my friend's house once, rent, rented it from the local video store once, you know, like it was, it was sort of its own holy grail, so to speak for me. Uh, and, um, so every time I watch it, it's special. It's like, I'm sort of, oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't know it backwards and forwards. I can quote Temple of Doom and Last Crusade chapter of verse because I watched them every time I was sick home from school. Sometimes I would just watch them after school. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne, the rocks <laughs> and the trees and the birds in the sky. <laughs> you should try reading books instead of burning them. Like I, I can do Last Crusade start <laughs> to finish if I needed to. Um, so I'm not saying it's a better movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark, but for me, it's like, uh, it's my Raiders, so to speak. Okay. I you know, I know, I know enough indie fans that say that, that I'm like, okay, you know, I, yeah. and yeah, Raiders is the first one I saw and that's the, that's the template. So, but I think Last Crusade is, is terrific. Um, I will say I, I kind of wished and maybe, um, I accused, you know, when the, when the Star Wars prequels came out, I definitely accused them of, and with justification of like making the universe so much smaller that it was like every character was interrelated to every other character. You know, it was like, Hey, Greedo, you better be careful one day. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, dear God. You know, like, what are we doing? I, that, so I'm, I'm going against my own complaint here. That said, like, I didn't feel like that we really got to know Toby Jones's character Shaw a whole lot. And so the, like I kind of wished that she was Marcus's like goddaughter or Marcus's daughter. But, but of course if that, but then you couldn't have the opening. Right. Because then you'd have to do digital, a completely digital thing home Elliot, which no, I I do not think you should. No, thank you. No, she thank been, you. She could have been Brody's niece, though, or something. Well, but but yeah, but the, I mean, but then you don't have the the opening because the opening right. is we got to see Indy with 
right. the, the the parental figure and then flash forward. And if all of a sudden she's related to Marcus Brody, you can't do that. And so, okay, I understand when I think once they decided to come up with the pre the, the opening, they were like, well, now she can't be, we gotta, she's, she gotta be a new character, which is fine. Right. right. Um, and again, I don't want to reduce, the, I don't want to shrink the indie world. I like that he has all of these friends. I, you know, yeah. Antonio Banderas shows up. I wish that was, was wild was longer. <laughs> Um, I wish they. Didn't My wife leads off, over to me. She's okay. like, "Is that Antonio Banderas?" Yeah, like, I think. Why yeah. was he there? <laughs> I, you know what? I think you know, he's probably just like an Indiana Jones fan, <laughs> and it's like, "Hey, here's my chance to be in an Indiana Jones movie. Why not?" You know, it's like, "Why is so Christian random. Slater in Star Trek Six? Right, he's a true. Star Trek fan, right? You know, and he his mother was the casting director. And he's like, "Can I? Can they shove me into this movie? Yeah, okay. Right. I mean, it's that's fine. So all that is all that is." You have a hearing problem, mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, sir. Um, you know, so, okay, all of it's fine. So, but I really am excited to see it a second time because, like I said, all all the anxiety is gone knowing they leave my, my beloved Indiana Jones in a good place and that's fine. Then I can just enjoy it. Yeah. An adventure and fun. And I'm sure that when it comes to Disney Plus or, whatever i will watch it and, and enjoy it and and you know and that's great and that's what i wanted because it's as a kid i had a I, I developed an affinity for the 1940s that is you know my wife believes that like i you know she's like you lived a previous life in the 40s mm-hmm. she's like you love it so much and she firmly believes that and maybe that's true but like when i was a kid and i watched the Abbott costello movies and like i just something i loved about that time mm-hmm. and Indiana you Jones. A Three Stooges fan? I like the Three Stooges. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I watched the Blondie movies. You know, there was like, as a child, I loved modern things, but as a child, I wasn't put off by black and white, right. or those okay. giant cars, or the, you know, the rat a tat tat, the way people talk with the pencil thin. Hey, Joe, what do you know? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I loved all that stuff. And so then Indy comes along at age 10. But so it's all that that I already love with. The Spielberg Lucas Razamataz, which is everything I already liked, because obviously, mm. you know, it's Jaws and Star Wars, the guys who did Jaws and Star Wars now doing this. So it was I was just the perfect I, I you know, again, I've had 50 years of accumulated memories and I saw a million movies with my dad and my sister during those years, but I still remember that. I still wow. remember going my ex- wow. sitting there just being like, This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You yeah. know, just that memory of it. And so, um, like I said, it, it just meant, it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot that they landed the plane successfully. Yes. And they did. They yeah, did. They, they so. really did. It did mean a lot to me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, we saw it with two friends who aren't movie people and they were what like, what does that mean? They're not moving. They don't go to movies. They like, don't go to the movies. They're like, wow. You know, go to like one movie, maybe a year, you know? Wow. They have okay. little kids like us and like, they weren't good movie partners. Okay. Um, they were like, there's a lot of talking. There was a lot oh, of, they were on their phones. Which oh, was, wow. Like, oh, boy. And, okay. And, uh, you know, like there's, there's sort of like, I could like, they're like sort of, um, deriding the, the whole opening sequence as it's happening. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, like, oh, I'm, like, boy. At oh, one boy. point, like I lean, I like, and like she's talking to my wife. At one point, I like leaned forward and like went like, you know, put my hands. Like I'm trying to listen to the movie, and then, yeah. and then they laugh. They're like, "Oh, sorry, Henry." You know, and like it's like, like, and they and I had to explain to them like this is very important to me. Yeah. Like, I can't wait until I get home to Chicago to see this. Like, we happen to be here on June 24th, so 
this is where I'm seeing this movie. Like you, the opening weekend. Like I mm-hmm. have, I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think it was the last time I did a midnight movie. Oh, wow. I saw it at midnight when that was still a thing. Um, now you don't have to. You just, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> it at seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this is really important to me. This is, I, I you know, I sent you earlier today, Rob, a, a picture of me as a kid dressed as, oh uh, man, Indiana Jones. so awesome. <laughs> you know, like this is, I, I love, I love, love, love Indiana Jones. And I, 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 I like posted on Facebook and, and I think Twitter, just like a picture of <clears throat> like one of those great shots of him from the movie the Dial of Destiny. And I wrote like, you know, I will love you forever, friend, <laughs> uh, my dear friend. And like, like a couple of people were like, Oh my God, it's Har- did Harrison Ford die? I'm like, no, I'm just expressing love for something that I love. Relax. Everybody calm down. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay to say that you love something while it's still here. Like, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> better. In fact, yeah, it's, way <laughs> it's, better. Better. it's way it's better. Way better. Right. Like India is still here. It's not, it's not over. He's not with us. Like obviously the last film, but the fact that like, you know, Hasbro, you know, is doing like really high quality indie toys. It's great. It's like my childhood dream come true. I always, I always went, you know, I had every Kenner, uh, you know, I have tons of Star Wars. I have uh, obviously super Kenner superpowers, toy biz, Marvel, everything. And I always wished I had good, they had good Indiana Jones toys and they never did. You know, they had those little ones that were like, sort of like the Star Wars toys. Yeah. yeah. Which bombed. Okay. Those things bombed because I mean, kids, kids were like, what am I supposed to do with it? Did you say German mechanic? Like, what right. am I supposed to do right. with this guy? Right. Yeah. And, the, and the reissue of them, the like retros are really cute and sweet. And they sit on my desk, you know, as a grown up. I have going, the Marion. I bought the Marion. Yeah. You, I'll never afford the real. The eight, the original Marion in the package, because like on right. t- on Facebook on uh, eBay, it's eBay, literally like two hundred dollars. Two hundred? Are you kidding? <laughs> like two thousand? Really? Oh, two hundred? Wow. I would consider, but yeah, no, it's in the thousands. I'm like, no, unless I get, unless Pod Dylan really takes off, I'm really never <laughs> going to afford that. <laughs> By yeah. the way, everybody, you should subscribe to Pod Dylan and help Please me do. afford the two thousand dollar Marion action figure. But I did buy the reissue, and it's sitting here to my left because I. I love it. My one complaint about the Marion's in the wedding dress. Yeah, she should, she be, should in be in her last... bar gear, the, right? In the red know? pants and the yeah. yeah, which she is in the Hasbro six inch in the in the Indiana Jones Adventure series ones, and it's yeah. perfect. Um, yeah, that's her. That's her. The, the yeah the. I mean, she does have three major costume changes. She, does, she, has, right. she has in the, the movie. bar outfit and then the 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 Egypt outfit and then, dress, the, wedding and then the, outfit, the wedding yeah the the silk dress so yeah. you know and that's such like an indie thing also to be have multiple costume changes like he always one of the things i liked about this movie was they showed him like put getting his outfit on in, mm-hmm. in dial of dusty like and you always kind of wonder like how does he change into a nazi so fast and then get back into <laughs> like where do you have that big heavy le- like putting together an indiana jones costume is really hard you have to get a leather jacket a brown fedora a whip a satchel a brown shirt brown pants <laughs> it's not easy but he always happens to have everything just carries it all go. in his knapsack or whatever yeah. he's got shorty get our stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it said it just it's it made it made me happy and and uh, reading this comic again, you know, kind of brought all that back. And I said it's just there aren't going to be that many things right. that I'm going to care that much about, and uh, you know that are outside of you know outside in the fictional world. Like I just don't, right. you know, 
Star uh, Trek J- Picard did, season three did that for me, and that that, that felt like the last time. That that I got yeah. close with that, you know, yeah. where I was like, yeah. hey, you know, I okay, you know what? Just for wrapping up here, I'll give one other example I can think of. I remember in Star Trek Beyond, where new Spock is told that Spock has died. Yeah, because of course yeah. Leonard Nimoy had passed away, yeah. and they look at the picture. Right. Of the original cast. And I remember just getting like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. those are the guys. And now they'll never see them again. I'll never yeah. see them again. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, there, there's it. And I think there is something to the fact that it's those same actors right. that I think there is something. Look, they'll eventually reboot Indiana Jones. There's, Disney did not pay $2 billion for Lucasfilm. You to think? Just, yes. Oh, they absolutely will. They, they will. Are you. Listen to the news we're hearing I know, about the strike, I know. about yes. that they that these studios want to scan actors in and pay them one day and then own them yes. in perpetuity. I mean, these people which they kind that. of did with Harrison Ford. The, like, well, I guess they did. They have yeah. so much footage of him that they own yeah. so much footage of but, him. I mean, that's why they were able to recreate him. These yeah. people are total ghouls. These people yes, are just total, total ghouls. Yeah. And so, yeah, they will reboot Indiana Jones one day. There's no way they're going to leave this property just laying mm-hmm. in a vault. Because of artistic reasons. That's just not, that is not where Bob Iger's head is at. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm fine with that if they do, but I'm also of like, well, that's going to be a different thing. Right. It's, it's, it's not my, my Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. That's yeah. it. And that's fine. And if they reboot it, great. And maybe kids, yeah, I'll take you know, my in the kids future, to see it. Yeah. yeah, your kids will get to have their, maybe they'll have their Indiana Jones and that's terrific. And I, I wouldn't begrudge them that. But my Indiana Jones is this guy because I grew up with this guy. He was Han Solo. He was all these other amazing things. And Karen Allen, my just like one of the great, you know, I I met her and it was like one of the great, you know, meet your heroes kind of experiences. She was so sweet. And I will always treasure. I drove two hours, waited in line, met her and went home. Like I was there (laughs) just to meet her. And so to me, that's what Indiana Jones is, is these actors and it can never be redone. And now it's they put a period on the end of the sentence. Yeah, they really did. It was it yeah, it's um yeah, it was it was it was good. It was a good 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 solid ending to a great thing. And now like we'll just watch them over and over again yeah. forever and yeah. it'll you know, he's one of those people obviously that like I dread the day like that there is that news, you know, yeah, that Harrison Ford's yeah. he's one of those, you know, we're getting closer closer and closer, but you know, um yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know and, what else to say about it. It's and just, this is this is probably his oh, I, last hurrah as a mo- major movie yeah. star too. Like the, I don't see yeah. him carrying a movie anymore because time has passed and he's not a name to vast no. swaths of people anymore because they didn't grow up with him. So right, right. he's got to know that not only is his his last hurrah as indie, it's probably his last hurrah. Not certainly his last movie. He's going to be in. He's going to be in Marvel movies for Pete's sakes or whatever. But yeah, this he's is the new th- General the Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what the hell is this stuff? But, I mean, <laughs> but this is clearly his last hurrah as yeah. a a above the title lead yeah, star of a man. major movie. When you were a kid, I'm always fascinated with this kind of stuff. I ask my brothers these questions all the time. So, was Raider when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981? Was it like a thing where, like, you know, you you and your people, your generation, saw multiple times the way you did Star Wars and Superman the movie? Like, my brother saw like Superman the movie. Like, he was exactly your age, like 12 times in the theater. Saw Star Wars like 20 times in the theater. Like, was Raiders like that? 
I can't remember. I mean, I would have been, obviously I would have had to have my, my dad, you know, my parents take me. Um, and I don't think we didn't really see movies over and over again. My parents really didn't. We went to, we went to lots of movies, but I don't recall. I, Star Wars, I know I saw, I'm sure I saw Raiders in its original run more than once. I know. I mean, every time in this area, it has been played as a repertory title. I go see it. And in fact, I was out of town when you went and I couldn't go to see it. I was so mad. Yeah. My wife and I went to see it. I've still never seen it in the theater. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I, I, there was a, there was a brief period a couple of years ago where the Cinemark chain around here was doing a thing called, I think it was like Cinema Classic Sundays or whatever they called it. And it was every Sunday they ran an old movie. And I, and I wanted to, not only was I interested in what they were showing, I wanted to support it. So right. I would go to see things I would normally not even go see. I was like, oh, funny girl. I'll go see funny girl. Right. I've right. never seen it on the big screen and I'll, I'll buy pretzel bites and a Slurpee and I'll yeah. make, make some money because they're not making any right. money off the print. Right. They're, you know, they're running it off a of Blu-ray for Pete's sakes, but the, you know, whatever. And they ran Raiders, like Raiders was in that rotation to where they were showing it like once every like ninth time. Oh my was, God. Or maybe not that much, but it was, it was clearly one of the ones where they were like, look, people will show up to this. So we'll drop yeah. it in. And I was like, if you guys showed this every month, I'd come see it. If you literally, I would yeah. never tire of watching this in the theater. And so in the theater, I've probably seen it at least, uh, you know, 10 times at this point That's over awesome. the years. So it's just always in such a. Was it like one of those things though? Was it a cultural phenomenon where people went and saw it like yeah. a dozen oh, yeah. times? And- oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they made knockoffs on it. My dad took me to one of the knockoffs, High Road to China, starring Tom Selleck and Bess Armstrong. I mean, like, was it Romancing the Stone kind of? There was Romancing the Stone. Yeah, it was kind of like an A level thing, but but yeah. yeah, I mean, there were there were Tales of the Gold Monkey was the TV show. I mean, it it created oh, yeah. its own little genre of like, oh, swashbuckling adventure guy. Right. But yeah, it was a it was well, a, Indiana Jones was just like the coolest, and 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 the fact that and we're going on and on here, but the fact that Harrison Ford embodied two. Right. Of the coolest Iconic. guys from your childhood. You're like, this is ridiculous. This guy is just everything. But when, okay. So here's another question for you generationally. It, this, the I'm movie so is so old, Henry. I know the movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, obviously when they re-released the DVDs later, uh, they changed it to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is uh, ridiculous. But as a kid, when it came out for the first time, like before Temple of Doom and all that stuff, and you saw the comic, did you refer to it? as raiders or did you or like oh indiana jones like did people raiders. Were always people, been raiders right like people so people in the streets are like oh did you see raiders yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. always been raiders i uh-huh. just always oh, always what i referred to it as because it's that's what it is you know that's right. the title of the movie it's not right yeah and the i i think when i got the dvds and i know they changed the title i'm like come on it's so like, lame yeah you know, <laughs> just leave and they it even alone. like they they also like the way the DVDs were um arranged. They put Temple of Doom first, and then Raiders because they put them in chronological order. Nice. I don't know if you remember that. It's, no, nice. <laughs> Come on, it's not. They're not the books of the Bible. Like it's not, exactly. It's fine. It's you know, really it's right. Just leave it alone. I, I was very happy to see that the print or not the print, but it was clearly digital. The version that that they showed in the theater a month ago was just said Raiders of the Lost Ark in the original font. Yeah, not the not the big Indian. They realized, oh, why are we doing that? So yeah. <laughs> I liked how they did the font in the same way for Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. you know, and they did the the um 
the pan to sort of a mountain thing mm-hmm. from the Paramount thing. The old cool. pan, it's an old Paramount logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there I, was a lot of those kind of things he referred to being, I like how he referred to being, um, you know, I've drank the blood of Kali. I've, yeah, it, yeah. I've been, I've been uh, voodoo. <laughs> like you, I love how you referred to all that stuff. That was great. It was. It was a yeah. lot of fun. Like I said, so I'm excited to see it again. And so uh, we've been going on and on about Indiana Jones. We could keep going on if we wanted to, but we'll wrap this up here. But um, thank you for doing this with me, Henry. I This was a book that has been on the list for a little while, and I've always wanted to get to it. And, you know, they've been talking about doing an Indy 5 movie for a while, and I didn't really plan it this way. But it just lined up perfectly that a fellow indie fan when you picked it last year you were like oh my god raiders i didn't even know that indie was necessarily coming out because i was like Mm. look i don't know you know with covid who knows if these things get delayed but it lined up yeah yeah it lined up just perfectly and so i'm glad that we got to have the conversation about the comic but then indiana jones in the greater sense so thank you for doing this you're so welcome i mean it's it's amazing rob you have given me so many opportunities to think to talk about the things that I love and to the degree, degree to which I love them. I'm still waiting on it. You, you got to hook me up with a Star Trek conversation. That's the last All one. Right. Okay. But All you know, right. Bob Dylan, super bad, you know, comic books, <laughs> um, <laughs> movies, you know, Indiana Jones. And so it, my wife like doesn't, she's like, how do you love so many things? <laughs> and, and the degree to which you look like, she's like, to me, I'm the number one fan to her. I'm the number one fan of all those things I just mentioned. Right. Right. And I feel in my heart, the number one fan of those things. So I thank you for giving me an opportunity to put on the record, my feelings about Indiana Jones. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. This is oh, so, yeah. so fun. Well, speaking about things that you love, why don't you talk about uh, your, your podcast? Oh, thank you. Sure. Um, if you like comics, uh, I have a comic book podcast. It's called uh, Funny They Don't Look Jewish. And it looks at the um, explicitly Jewish content in um, superhero comics. So I was, as I was reading Raiders, in fact, I was like, well, they do mention, the Nazis do mention being uncomfortable with this Jewish, Jewish ritual. ritual. Yeah, and, and he does put on Kohenic garb and... <laughs> You know, so uh, I don't know if I'd call it's sort of adjacent. But anyway, uh, we do stuff about with my co-host, Rabbi Brandon Bernstein, um, the thing, Batwoman, these characters. And recently, Rob, you know, you you hooked me up with the Seraph. Seraph. Speaking of speaking of 80s comics, 70s and 80s comics. And uh, we recently got to interview the dc legend paul kupperberg yeah thanks to you you um in in yiddish we call that a shidduch which is <laughs> shiduch meaning like a connection it's a it's a you fixed us up um you're Paul's like yenta, you're like yenta the matchmaker um you're following paul on the show he was on the show last <laughs> month and now you're here exactly <laughs> so i'm in good company um we had a delightful conversation with him that'll be coming out later this summer um if you want to look for it just google jewish paul kupperberg and you'll see it um so thank you so much for hooking up that and um you can find us on twitter at jewish comics pod uh talking superman stuff at superman pals pod if you want to talk about all the stuff like indiana jones and star trek and bob dylan and superman and i'm at gonzo 3249 um 
So that's a lot of three different Twitter handles. If you want to talk about all the things uh, I like, kind of like you, Rob. I got like 12. <laughs> what are you talking about? Three. <laughs> Big deal. I always no. know the right one to tag too. I'm like, okay, FW pod. You're good at that. Yeah. Pod yeah underscore he's... Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> good, good Twitter user. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Nazis. Well, it's still here. Uh, <laughs> um, so by the way, punch Nazis, everybody. Yes. That's please. always the right thing to do is just punch a Nazi. No. Oh, I thought you were tolerant. No, not no, for Nazism. Not no, for Nazis. no, boom. <laughs> um, Indiana Jones would approve of that gif of that guy with the swat sticker and he's like putting his hands up and then that big dude just clocks him. So, uh, well, again, uh, Henry, I always enjoy talking to you no matter what we're talking about, as you say, whether it's Superman or Bob Dylan or, uh, treasury comics or super friends or movies or whatever or this. So it's, it's always a blast. I was really looking forward to this conversation and. Me too. Uh, so thank you for doing it. And thank you everybody for listening. You could subscribe to the show on any podcatcher of your choice. As I mentioned, you know, starting last year, the show has its own feed now. So you can subscribe to it, uh, just as mountain comics. If you want to leave a review on Apple podcasts, that would be great. As you mentioned, the show doesn't have that many reviews, uh, because it's, it's such a niche show, even among my other niche projects. So if you want to leave uh, me a five star review, that would be fantastic. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at FWP Mountain Com. And finally, if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Number, just go to patreon.com slash FW Podcast. There you can unlock various rewards. One of which is to be name checked on the show of your choice. So big thanks to David S. Gutierrez and Gord Tolton for their support of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. So that's going to do it. Henry and I are going to uh, check out the sunrise. We're going to drink some Yoohoo, and we're going to talk uh, more about Indiana Jones. And uh, we will see you all next month. Bye. Have a summer of fun in the Summer fun at Mount Airy Lodge or Pocono Gardens. Beautiful rooms, fabulous food, headline entertainment. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Call 966-7210 for reservations at Pocono Gardens and... Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge.